Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to talk about all things slightly confusing and mostly roundish is my dear friend Sarah. How are you Sarah? I'm fine. If I could have a song to be our theme tune today it would be uh, the Fuji's the That Thing. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you have to actually... hum that to yourself. <laughs> Okay, yeah, because that's that's not going to be in the official soundtrack for you know copyright reasons and stuff. Um, but you know, feel free to to cue that up. In the interest of um, actually, as Sarah sort of alludes to the fact that we're going to be dealing with unique formats to a certain extent, race formats in particular, we thought we'd try something a little different in the podcast today, just to prove that we're not afraid of um, of innovation and um, <laughs> trying new things out ourselves. So Sarah's going to start talking about race two from La Course, and 43 seconds after she starts, I'm going to start talking about race two of La Course, <laughs> and we'll see if I can catch up to her by the end. I think I talk um, much faster than you do, so I think I'm going to win. <laughs> I think it's going to be one of those things where in the whole of the format, the format is set up where you, there's no way you can win, Dan. How, how good would it be, though, if, if after 43 seconds, I was joined by Lizzie Dane and Elise Longo-Borghini and Megan Guarnier? That would be awesome. Oh, so we're talking about that thing. As Lizzie Danan talked about it last week, we talked about the Isawad World Tour stage of La Course. Mm. And... Um, we were on a bit of a high. There were things we didn't like about it, but it was a great race. It was really exciting. Yeah. And after the Isawards, the Isawad World Tour La Course race, they had, as Lizzie Dana said in her post-race interview, the thing in Marseille, which isn't at all stage two of La Course uh, because it wasn't a stage race, but the top 19 riders from the Isawad stage got to ride a chase event on the ITT circuit that the men were going to going to hit up in Marseille. It was always a bit dubious. I mean, I still wonder if uh, Rosella Ratto and the t- silence team actually knew that she wasn't riding because originally the uh, race Twitter announced that twenty riders would ri- would race um, right would race the thing, but. Then they announced on the Friday, oh, no, no, not 20, 19 riders, because it's all riders who finished within five minutes of the winner, Annemiek van Vlerten. Yeah, yeah. So it was a bit, I mean, I the, the thing is, is, is you get a lot of criticism for not liking new things, not liking experimentation. And I... I wonder if that's part of it, but I really don't think that that was my problem with the thing, even before it started. Because... No. Riders start with the same time gap as they finished Isuard on. So Annemiek van Vleuten, the winner, started first with Lizzie Danen, 43 seconds behind her. In second, then Elisa Longo-Borghini, about a minute and a half, with about eight seconds behind her. Megan Guarnier, and about 10 seconds behind her. Shari Gillow, and so on and so on and so on. And... (laughs) And it's a chase event, so the yeah. first across the line would win. Now, this was always going to be a big, big challenge because Annemiek van Vleuten is one of the best ITT riders in the world. But yep. any rider starting 43 seconds ahead on an ITT course 
it's pretty much guaranteed to win right if all if all things are equal because she you know she yeah, won't and, be. Uh, you don't on a 22 kilometer course the top tt rider doesn't beat the second tt rider by 43 seconds do they well this is the this is the thing it's uh, when when um it it is the top tt riders in that position then absolutely like like that's the thing the only way that a 43 second gap uh isn't all but a guarantee is you know as, as in mechanicals or whatever it is when it's um you know someone who is not as good at that discipline so when you've got Adam Vavlet and you know with a with a gap like that like it is pretty much it is pretty much settled like I was more fearful for her about a chain drop given what happened at the Giro and on and Izawad. Izawad. Yeah. yeah and those chain drops those chain drops weren't um were rider error rather than um it looked like she was basically well, coming well. out of the you know yeah, the, that's, that's what the mechanic says but of course he'd say that <laughs> no i think it was i think it was about how you know about how her big ring and her little ring were were, were lined up like when she was coming out because in both in both cases it was when she was coming out of uh, you know just starting to go starting to go uphill after yep. being and, and changing the gears and whether it just went you know whether the chain just was wasn't straight enough I'm, you know me and tech and and tech. I'm rubbish no, no, at describing. You, no, it. you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so but the thing is, is is so some people are saying, oh well, you know, maybe if it was another pure climber, they could, you know, they 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 would find it more difficult, you know, more more difficult to win. But look at the other, you know, Elisa Longo Borghini has an amazing ITT. Um, I I you know it it, it was it, everyone does because with the women they can't be pure climbers like the men. Or they can't well, be a pure. Or, uh, there's very few riders who can be a pure ITT rider. Well, and and also also when you're putting, regardless of whether it's a stage race or not, when you're putting races um, pretty much back to back like this, you're also going to get different efforts out of people anyway, given the agendas that they're variously riding for. And for example, like Anamik had. I, I mean, I know this is a small sample. But Anamik had the second fastest Strava time on Izawad on that day, including the the pro men. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's not like they were going slow. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't people who have recorded faster times on that segment. It's that on that race day, in those two races, she was the second fastest person out of both of them. You know, yeah. and and so you get someone who can climb like that. And you know can put down a, a very solid time trial anyway. Then the the racing does sort of define itself in in those terms. But at the same time, as you say, when the women's peloton notoriously, and we talked a lot about this last week, doesn't get many opportunities to climb in the high mountains, you also then have a, a peloton that isn't optimized for pure climbers. Yeah, and. So we do see more generalists, which means that the people who achieve the best results on the climb are also the people who are most likely to be really good in individual disciplines. Yes. And the interesting thing was Lizzie Danen finished 43 seconds behind Annemiek van Vleuten mm. on the Isoad. The but that was after she had put in monster efforts, monster efforts chasing yeah. back and chase, chasing back other riders, making efforts and... because she had started the day thinking she was riding for her teammate, Megan Guarnier. Yeah. And it was only when they were started hitting the really steep parts of Izawad did it become clear that Guarnier was not having a good day. 
Exactly. And on top of which, Lizzie rode the first at least half of the the final part of Izawad on the front on her own. Like she yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. she was hammering it. It wasn't like it wasn't just gentle pacekeeping. She was putting everyone else into the hurt locker. Like yeah. So, yeah. So Lizzie Danan, she's not an ITT rider. She can't take back 43, 46 seconds, 43 seconds on, on Animate Fan Flirter. So her tactic in the chase was to wait and wait for wait for Megan Guarnier and and Lisa Longoborghini naturally and maybe I think they're also I think they're also waiting for Shara Gillow although she didn't care they they, they didn't wait for her yeah. in the end because she just was too far back and then ride it together now this was a this was a deliberate tactic and we saw it as soon as she came when they came out of it and also Annemiek van Vleuten was expecting it so yeah. as they started on the early part of the race Annemiek van Vleuten absolutely hammers it on the early section and Lizzie is just rolling along, waiting. Now she's caught by Elisa Longoborghini, who's a really big rival because she's got an excellent time trial. And then she's caught by her teammate, Megan Guarnier. And then they start racing. So Dana had lost a minute before she even yeah, started racing. Before the, before the chase got serious. Now, a lot of people have criticised her for this and saying she was right, saying she was riding for second. I completely disagree. I think this mm. was a really clever tactical move. I mean, maybe she would have been better if she'd have just if they'd have just started racing as soon as Longo Borghini got there. It's but a big, think... it's it's a big gamble either way, and and it doesn't change the basic tactic. And we talk about this in every single race when when a breakaway tries to get away or whatever. That you know, two is better than one, three is better than two. Well, and six is probably your biggest best group because well, but you know. not on this course because this course has been specifically designed as a time trial course. Now mm. Lizzie Danan didn't get to see the race, didn't get to see the course before. She didn't. I mean, th- I, I know Lisa Longoborghini saw it in a car, but because of the way that the race is, you know, the when they're allowed on the course, and also it's it's prioritized for the men to ride. So I don't think they had a chance to, they had much of a chance to pre-ride it. Yep. And there's this great post-race interview where Lizzie Danan was said, oh yeah, they told me there was a bit of a lump in the middle. And and I was like, oh yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good for me. And then I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Rochelle, so I was commentating it for Rochelle and Rochelle is adamant that this course would be actually easier for a rider by herself than for a group and she said that they're that actually van vlotten had an had an advantage and of course you know when you think about it it's been designed for itt riders so basically um they tried that you know this was it was it was always a really tough ask to have anyone other than van vlotten win and they tried to they tried to get away from it and van vlotten won yeah and not to take away anything from Van Vleuten because she had a really good ride. I mean, I did think that there was an element of hubris because she started like waving and thanking the crowd at about three kilometers to go. Now, they didn't have race radios. No one knew how they were doing. So there were certain parts of the course where you could see your, you know, we could see your rivals. Right. And at 3K to go, the the race car, pull, you know, pulled alongside her and told her how far she was out out from it, and that's where she started, you know, waving and thanking yeah, people. Celebrating. Yeah. And I, I was like, God, please, enemy, don't drop your chain now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's that thing of don't tempt the fates, just don't do it, just just yeah. like you've had more than enough bad luck, just don't do it. Yeah, and she crossed the line, and she was a rightful deserving winner and mm. it was just and i mean it also became clear that guarnier was also having another bad day because on that hill it's a re- it's a steep nasty little climb um yeah. and, and, it, and it just goes on forever and ever it feels like and on that hill elisa longa 
basically was trying to ride away from Dane and Dane was not having that. Yeah. And Duanier was dropped. And so they ride in together. And of course, uh, Elise Longaborghini is a diesel rider. Uh, and, uh, uh, Lizzie Danen, Dagenen is one of the best sprinters in the world. Lizzie Danen came second. Uh, Elise Longaborghini third. Um, yep. With, with, with Guanier, Guanier coming in fourth. Now, obviously, there are a lot more riders on the course than that. And yes. they... Not that you would have known it from what we saw on TV. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a it's a broadcaster's dilemma. And actually, you can probably tell us a bit more about this from the inside. Because this is the problem for a broadcaster is that the the tension in a race like this, in a, in a setup like this, is in the front. Who's going to win? Will the, will the chase working together catch her? What's happening with those minor placings? That's where the story is. You know, and it's not that you can't find narrative threads further back, but you know, you've got certain limitations in your resources, like X number of cameras, X number of motorbikes, or whatever. Well, so how does this? How does it work? Like, you know, I, I I have sympathy for the dilemma of how do we show what's happening at the back while keeping the the narrative at the front, um, top of mind and and up to date. But but how does that play out for you? See, I don't have that much sympathy because it became really really clear. That they didn't have very many motos on the road. I can't. I can't work out whether it was two or three. Yeah. Right. Yep. But we had an awful, awful lot of overhead shots of Marseille, and not very many shots of the riders. Um, right. And so, and so we missed things like so. What? So one of the things we missed that I really wanted to see was we missed how the first group got together because they started off and they show Annemiek van Vleuten coming down the ramp and then they show. Um, you know, Lizzie Danen coming down the ramp and going quite slowly. And then they kind of, then they kind of flick back to Annemiek van Vleuten killing it on the front going, and we're like, oh shit, is she going out too hard? And then they show a rider and it flashes up as Amanda Spratt. But it's absolutely not Amanda Spratt. It's Anna's Christina Sanabria Sanchez, the rider from Civetto Justa. Right. And I'm like, and we're like, that's not Spratty. Spratty must have started. And this is the other problem is that they've got so many riders coming off. And then the next people they show coming off are a group of um, four riders who all start together. Um, oh, yeah. So the, Hannah Nielsen, um, Sabrina Stultians, Pauline Frampervo, and Cecilia Utrup-Ludwig. And they show, them, yeah. Yeah, they, they show them starting together. And the camera spends a lot of time on this group. And the reason they spend a lot of time on this group is because Pauline Frampervo is French. Of course. And they, so you miss, um, so you missed a lot of the action. We didn't see how the group got together, how the front group got together. There were yeah. some riders who were literally never shown throughout the whole of the time. I mean, I saw Cassia Neodoma um, go off the ramp, uh, not you know miss 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 mistitled, and then I didn't see her again. Um, I think they might have shown her finish, but on the broadcast I was working at, that was in the ad break because they had to take an ad break then because they were yep. going literally straight from the uh, from 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 the course straight into the men's Tour de France. They didn't know yeah. what they were going to get. They actually had to, you know, they had to show it then. And you know that's that's just the problem with a with having a broadcaster who needs to take ad breaks. You know they were very yep. they what they only had they only had one ad break in it, and then they you know right we're going to see it all the way through to the finish. Yeah, but there were yeah. some riders there who we didn't see at all, and mm. and this is really shitty. And they didn't even show up on the um, graphics because the graphics showed that there were four groups on the road. 
Right. And I'd seen in those groups, and I was saying I didn't think that there were four, that there were, I was like, I don't, you know, I, I think that, um, so we had group, we had group Danan, Longo Borghini and Guarnier. Yep. Then you had a group which had Amanda Spratt, Shari Gillow and Lauren Stevens. And they showed them a few times, um, but especially showed them on the hill because, of course, the hill is really fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, yeah. Then you had Cassian Uadoma, Ashley Mulman Passio, and Anna Cristina Sanabria Sanchez in the middle. Yep. And then you had, um, I think, Eri Unanami uh, was in the middle, but was caught. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, Leah Kirkman, Yannicka Emsing, Caroline Cannewell, and Ursa Pintar were also solo riders, but, yep. you know, at the back. But you never saw them. And what was worse was you never saw the graphics. Like, they never weren't even on the graphics. Yeah. They were just invisible. And this yeah. makes me really 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 angry because riders were told oh yeah you know it's an experimental format blah 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 but it's on tv all around the world and you'll get exposure yeah and actually no you know if you weren't in a group like wm3 for example what exposure is w- is, is the company wm3 getting out of it yep. Sveto justa who's colombian rider San- uh, sanablia is just phenomenal just to even get there like like an amazing like this is like her second race in europe yeah yeah. and you know we said last week we don't know who the climbers are but you know she was she's she's legit okay for not to know because although she's won every you know lots of races in colombia and of course it was altitude exactly but you don't know how she's going to go in europe till she's in europe and it turns out really fucking well is how she's going to go in europe um and so and so used to have taken the taken a chance on her and 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 brought her over here and obviously that that team has a lot of problems but so the company is getting no exposure at all yeah yeah and and just it's it's one of those things that again it's that thing that from for an outsider can sort of sound like oh yeah but you know that's just the the logistics of you know that many riders on the course or whatever but that belies the fact that that tv deals with this sort of stuff all the time and has for years had the ability to show numerous things on the screen while the race is ongoing um there's all sorts of technology around visual effects packages that allow you to show in real time where 19 different riders are at in terms of time gaps absolutely i'd point to um motorsport in, is, is a great comparison because, you know, uh, Formula One or whatever, you've got 20 cars on the road and they can show you, you know, where 1 to 20, where everyone's at with time splits. It can be done. Like, this stuff is all doable. And in, in an age of GPS-monitored bikes where, you know, we're getting time splits from the course, we do know what those things are and you can show them. Even if you don't physically have enough cameras to show pictures of everyone, you can give at least basic information. But then, as you say, it's not that hard to throw in one or two fixed cameras on an ITT course and, oh. and guarantee that you can show everyone as they go through the the finish line on the first lap or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just, oh, I mean, it's so, fr- it was really, but, really, really frustrating. I mean, the th- but the thing is, is a lot of these issues, so of, course, so of course, part of this is it's an experimental format, right? Yeah, sure. But that's also part of my problem with the, the thing overall, right? So, um, like, I don't want to. I don't want to come across as someone who's just like, oh no, I'm against anything new because I'm really, really not. But I don't think when you're building, you know, your ASO and the Tour de France is the pinnacle of men's road cycling. Like it is the event. Everyone knows it. Everyone mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. it. And you're building in, you know, 
not not even because you want to. You basically got pressured into it by a world that's just like, for fuck's sake, you used to do better than this in the eighties. At least put something on, you know. So so they're putting on um, some races for the women, but their their defense is, oh, we'll give you this great coverage. You'll be seen around the world, blah blah. Which, to be fair, that's not nothing. Like that's a that's a pretty bloody big carrot. But yeah. if if you're gonna do that, that also means that it's not the form. It's not the event to fuck with formats yeah like like create some other race or do it at a smaller race you know figure out the how it plays out because you know like like we just talked about you know give Annemiek van flirten a 43 second advantage over almost anyone and she's she's pretty much guaranteed to walk away with it and it's not like i genuinely think this format could be interesting and really exciting if it was done properly but I'm not entirely sure what properly looks like, and and this isn't this isn't the the event that I would use to figure properly out. Yes. Now this is this is particularly interesting to me because uh, the ASO run a number of races throughout the year. Yeah, as we yeah. as we all know, the ASO is the, one of the, is is probably one of the big probably the, it's definitely the biggest the richest organizer in the world. Now, say we take races. They decided to do this later on the year later on in the year, but. They also have stages. They have races at the Criterium de Dauphiné and yep. Paris-Nice, which both have a time trial. Yeah. Uh, the the Dauphiné time trial was 23 kilometres, you know, pretty much the same as this one. The Paris-Nice one was 14 and a half kilometres, but they Again, could quite easily, you could do a if couple they wanted laps to try it, yeah, yeah. if they wanted to try it, and especially because those want those, um, so... Uh, Paris-Nice is before Roubaix, but Crypt-Dauphiné is after Flesh-Wallon, um, yep. Liège, and the Tour de Yorkshire. It happens in, in, in April. So what they could have said is, actually, the top 20 riders at Liège get yep. to ride, you know, are invited to ride the Criterium de Dauphiné ITT. Exactly. Um, and, they, and they say to them, look, this is an experimental formula to see how it works. So, you yeah. know, so some riders might go, no, 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 I'm riding something else on that day. But others, you know, so you invite people down it and you try it out. Yep. And then you look at it and you learn. I think that, A, I'm always a bit grumpy about doing experimental stuff with the women. I really am. And, and yeah. but, you know, but say you say, you know, but they're not going to do experimental stuff with the men. But try it in a less, you know, in a less yeah. big event yes. and then make the Tour de France which is the biggest race in the world it's something that everyone's heard of do yeah. not what they are thinking about making it a test bed for you know a bullshit yeah. event that I think everyone could have everyone saw the problem with like yeah we we're talking we we're talking about how they could have made it better how they could have made it not a guaranteed win and we were saying well Half half the time gaps. Well, no, that's still quite difficult because that's still like twenty five seconds for Van Vlerten. And then someone said, "Well, what about doing it the other way round so that the last person starts first? But the last person is Caroline Canowell, who's a really, really incredible time trialist, so she'd yeah. automatically win." Well, not to the mention only which, way... not to mention which, if you did that, then you're just incentivizing everyone to finish together on the cold well, no. So, well, no, 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 no. I don't think that that's the case. I know that the teams I spoke to only the only person I know who was thinking about part two was Van Vlerten, and she talks yep. about that in her in her Orica Scott post race post race interview. Yep. She said, "Oh, I didn't want to give it too much because there's the fit, there's the pursuit." All the other teams were treating Isward as as the race. Because the thing is, is the second race didn't even have UCI points. It can't because yeah. it's invitational. So the average, I mean, very, very, very few riders 
really cared about this about the, about the, about the chase and yeah the chase prize pot is three thousand euros as well you know yeah if it yeah. had a prize pot of the size of the tour de yorkshire or of the size of potential oh. ride london or the size maybe... of the men's itt you know just oh. then maybe people would have given a shit i get yeah. that too and i i take your point i think you make an excellent point about um you know uh, uh these these you know criterium de dauphine or or whatever where if they'd done that too, it also would have dramatically changed the narrative because it wouldn't have been, oh, look, ASO are just dicking around with the women's format at the tour because they can and they're obviously just and treating it like some kind of... Series. Yeah, they, they, they're kind of like some sideshow, um, which is essentially this, what they're signalling, you know, in terms of how they view women's racing. Instead, the narrative would have been, oh, wow, ASO are finally getting it. They've added a race day, you know, and sure, they're trialling something, but look, they're actually expanding what they're doing for women. So... Yeah, yeah, you know. and they're thinking about it in, a, in an interesting way. So they're yeah. not like the house series where it just happens and you just and they're working it out as they go along. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think so. There is a way that it could work, I guess, which is if you had fixed time starts. So you could say, okay, the winner starts fifteen seconds ahead of the second placed person. Mm-hmm. Second place starts ten seconds ahead of the third placed person, and then it's gaps of five seconds for everyone else. Right. Right. Or or whatever, you know. I think you'd have to practice it. However, yeah. that could get quite dangerous when you're on a kind of twisty, turny, bun- you know, course. Exactly, and five second gaps for all of you know from from third onwards. You know, you you are going to wind up with some pretty big groups because, yeah, um, you know, you can quite easily see from third to say. 12 or whatever would all be able to catch up reasonably quickly or something yeah yeah so, yeah. yeah i mean and that might be and then that might be able to make it an actual chase you know a fox you yeah, know kind of fox, yeah. hunt, a fox hunt style chase but i think they have to recognize that although you know people saying oh well it's just because anna meet van vleuten won but when i first saw the the the, the thing i thought it was the anna van der Blegger invitational pretty much like because anna van der Blegger is one of the top itt riders in the world and one of the top climbers now van der Blegger yeah. wasn't there my point is that Anyone who could have, pretty much anyone who would have won, yep, is was almost if they won by you know if they won by let's say over thirty seconds over thirty seconds was almost automatically guaranteed to win. Who on his word was almost automatically guaranteed to win part two. Yeah. And I saw some criticism of Lizzie Danan with people Danan saying, "Oh, Lizzie should it's her fault. She was riding for second. She should have trusted herself." Like, there's no, no. way. There's literally no. Lizzie Danan really tried hard to come up with a tactic and a way to win it yeah well lizzie yeah, day yeah. does not ride for second place no and and look it's it's that kind of thing but this is exactly this is exactly why it's problematic to me to use this event for experimentation because yeah no one can predict it like this is the thing even now we're throwing out alternatives but the truth is we won't know how those alternatives would work unless someone puts them on because you you can't predict it you cannot predict what tactics will be used on the day what will work what won't work who will work together and who won't you know one of the other ideas i've seen floated that i liked was the the idea that this makes more sense if you average the time splits over several stages um and and I think that is potentially more interesting because if you if you've got a climbing stage plus a sprinting stage plus a rolling stage, you know, and average the splits or whatever, then then maybe that does, you know, change it up. But again, even that you don't know until you try it. So yes, plus yeah. it would be very complicated to explain. 
Because yes. the thing is, is the Tour de France, I mean, and that's also something that frustrates me is, so a lot of people who are kind of criticizing Lizzie Dagnan are completely new to women's cycling and just see someone, in inverted commas, not trying at the start. Because the Tour audience is, is always, always, always new to, you've got a lot of people who yep. are new to cycling full stop. Yeah, yeah. And so and so the more complicated it is to explain for commentators, yeah. the harder it is to get riders to Absolutely. get to bring to bring to bring an to bring an audience in. And now, that's a great question for you because then exactly exactly what you just said, like what's the go to tactic to I mean, when you say like your average tour viewer isn't a generic cycling fan, so they don't know a lot about the sport, and so then the ASO jams in this this you know pursuit format how the hell do you explain that in a in a neat clean and simple way because like you say shots of lizzie not giving it full gas right from the start can be really confusing when someone's closest analogy is a time trial but it's not a time trial it's a pursuit it's a chase. It's not even a pursuit. It's not even a pursuit because Rochelle, because Rochelle was, Rochelle was, we were talking about it beforehand. What do we describe it as? Part Mm. of the problem is when you go onto the La Course website, they talk about it as stage two of La Course, but it's not stage two of La Course. That's, that's factually incorrect, you know, and it's, and it, and it does it a it does it a disservice. It's a standalone race that's related to it. So we were sitting there going, well, what are we going to call it? Because, Rochelle was saying, "Well, I don't want to call it a pursuit because that implies, you know, a pursuit in track, which is you know, yep. like 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 a time trial. A pursuit is a yeah, specific yeah. thing." So we kind of came on, we kind of on the Saturday morning before we started, came out with a term, the chase. Yeah, that 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 that's what it. That, and actually, I would brand it as the chase because that actually has some kind of exi- it, the, that name. Yeah, it sounds describes exciting. describes what they're doing, right? So I brand yeah. it as the chase. Yep. And hell, for an event name, that's a bloody great name. And like, just from marketing point of view and from a memorability point of view, I mean, it beats the shit out of the Hammer series. Well, so. yeah, yeah. So you, so you brand it as the Lacourse Climb and the Lacourse Chase. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm yeah. listening to that, and I'm and I'm getting an idea of I'm getting an idea of what it is. And especially for like you say, people are used to seeing what a time trial looks like, and they're going to see a time trial in the afternoon. But they don't. Um, so this is so this is how I do it. I'm branding it the course the course climb the course chase. Oh look, yep. well, I'm, I'm calling it the La Course World Tour climb, and the La Course <laughs> and the La Course Prize Chase because I'm gonna yeah. bang up, I'm gonna bang up some serious. If I'm doing this probably I'm gonna bang up some serious money because it's always fun to hear about riders racing for money. But to be honest, when the prize yeah. point, when the max prize is three thousand euros for first place. Um, two thousand euros for second, one thousand euros for third, and then you know I think the last, I think the yeah. lowest prize was like two hundred and fifty euros. Like there is no point even talking about that prize money. But if yeah, we're talking exactly. about exactly, give it a name, yeah, and call yeah, Prudential or um the um Tour de Yorkshire's um bid to to have the biggest prize purse and stuff. Like yeah, it gets attention. Yeah, it does because you're saying wow, you know, I mean Tour de Yorkshire fifty thousand pounds is. Yeah, that's a, that's a phrase that that that, that 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 fires the imagination. That's an amount that fires the imagination. Fifty thousand um, pounds, yeah. But and then you can talk yeah. about well, actually, you know, riders aren't racing for the money; they're racing for glory because you know these riders, they that's what they want. They want to win. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyone who tells you that you can't put a price on glory is rich. <laughs> well, no, because they race. You know, they, then you have this conversation about how they race the Giro all the time for you know for really, really, really tiny, like you know, a thousand euros for the winner. You know, like that's the thing. Sure. Is, is, is you talk about it, you say this is this is an this is a really exciting thing because this is one of the first times where you get glory and money. Yes. But and and that is a good point. But also, then going back to the the name, like man, if I was ASO, I'd be hitting up like, <laughs> all right, we're calling it the Chase. Let's call the Chase Bank in America and ask them if they want to give us a shit ton of money. Yeah, maybe they want to expand into Europe. Who knows? Yeah, like, oh, but even just... even yeah, or even just call you know, I mean, even just call, you know, calling it the the the, the whatever the the, the Colnago yeah. Chase. Um. Anyway, so the second thing that's difficult for um for commentators is there's 19 riders the race is 32 minutes long like in the with the, the, the yeah. uh, anime van Vleuten's time was 32 minutes and 52 uh, and 52 seconds so there's always going to be difficulty in how you describe who the riders are and especially when you're not seeing half of them because you know we mm. talked about who were we talked you know we talked a little bit about who was who but you don't have that much time because you want to get onto the onto the onto describing the action now Obviously, like I think forty percent of what we saw was overhead shots. Yeah, yeah. And we, um, but but it was also incredibly complicated as a commentator, much more complicated than a, than a race because we, you didn't really get, um, you know, we could work out where they were because we had the map, the first group, but they weren't like flashing up kilometer signs for the second one. They were putting up times rather than how far, you know, how how far back yeah, they yeah. were. And like I say, the the riders. I mean, I I don't. One of the reasons I think, if I'm being generous, the overhead Marseille shots were while the camera bikes were getting between people on the road. But that still must yep. have meant they passed the solo riders, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, believe me, I I do understand. There's a hell of a lot of moving parts in coordinating a broadcast like this, and and it is very very challenging. But it's also literally what they do for 21 days of the year as part of the tour. Like, this is an experienced broadcast group that are putting on this production and providing the feed for you. They can do better, and we know that because they do do better for the men. Well, apparently, someone said to me because I would I didn't watch the I didn't watch the men's race because I filmed my bit. We sat, you know, we chat, we 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 had a bit of a chat about how it went. We talked about you know stuff about you know little businessy bits at the at the end we all yep. had to sat around and try to work out you know the bit of a debrief a bit, and yeah, figure out what we could do yeah. yeah yeah and then i went then i caught a train but someone was going i don't well you know it's not just the women's because apparently the men's itt graphics were also terrible and i'm like oh that's that's pretty cold comfort <laughs> you know like it's terrible yeah, all around. Yeah. fantastic so there was obviously issues with the host broadcasting this year and, and i mean okay. okay now let me tell you some of the gossip all right. Play. Oh, yes, please. So the gossip. The, I don't know if you've seen Corinne Mazzocchi's great video of the of the post of the. She did a vlog about what it was yep. like filming. She makes the videos for Wiggle High Five. Um, yeah. Uh, and she did a, a vlog talking to some other people who were working backstage. Yeah, Ballant Hanvas, Sean Robinson, uh, Rose Manley, who does the UCI highlights, and they allude to Lizzie Danan looking for a bathroom. 
Right. One of the things that happened was there were no toilets for the women set up. Someone said that it was really, really, really interesting because obviously when mm. you've only got one rider or th even three riders for a team, you're not going to bring your team bus down because that's a that's yeah. a huge expense. And also there wasn't parking for women's team buses. And so they're saying it was quite, someone was saying it's quite interesting being around the rider enclosure and seeing the men's massive, massive, massive team buses and the women, mm, some mm. of these top women in the world, sitting around on car bumpers and in vans. Yeah. And because they didn't have a team van, it meant they were reliant. If you were Bowles Dolmans, you normally go to the loo in your van, right? Or you might go to the loo in the yep. team. The only toilets were available for women were in the media centre. Right, okay. Lizzie Danon didn't have a media centre pass. So her dad, no. her dad tweeted me and told me that she ended up going to having a pee in the road, sheltering between two of the buses. Wow, wow. I mean, and this is this is kind of this is the kind of shit that I mean when I when I talk about ASO kind of making it pretty clear that it's a bloody sideshow because you know from from a simple logistics point of view how hard is it to put on a fucking neutral service bus or, or whatever or, or, you know or like or a portaloo yeah like, 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 like just a couple they, of there's, simple there's basic tons things. of mail there yeah. was tons of toilets for the men there weren't any toilets for there weren't any toilets yeah. for the women and i can't remember why she couldn't use them you know she couldn't use the men's because they didn't you know they didn't have the same access to get to the same spaces so uh, that's gossip yeah. part one the whole right. of the thing was the whole of the thing was just complicated and and again with lizzie danan's post-race interview i'm it's very funny because i think she says about 15 times i'm i'm not being closed-minded i want to be open-minded to change i want to be open-minded to change i want to be open-minded yeah. to change but it was organized really shoddily they didn't really know what was going on mm. they weren't given very good information now i know it was also here's some more gossip i know it was also organized a bit shoddily because i was doing the commentary for itv itv4 yep. yeah um itv itv cycling they weren't advertised on... They weren't included in the UCI's list of which broadcasters were showing the race. Oh, no. Yep. So, obviously, they weren't very happy about that. Yeah. Because, you know, this oh, is... Yeah. But they didn't even talk... They didn't... And there were lots of... There were lots of little things like that where they hadn't advertised it. You know, they hadn't advertised yeah. it properly. So, you didn't know it was going to be live. It was. Mm, it mm. wasn't... It wasn't promoted particularly well. So... And so, they were saying that apparently the stats for the Isuard stage, were quite low. The viewing figures were quite low. And, and when, the, when, when, when Carolyn, who runs V Squared, who does the TV, told me that, she said, the viewing figures are quite low. Because it was nine o'clock on a Monday morning. Right. <laughs> on, a, no, on a Thursday morning. Yeah, yeah, you know? okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The average oh, right, you're, sorry, sorry, you're talking ITV figures, right? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I was yeah. just trying to gel that with, because I'd read the, the French figures were pretty good, apparently. Well, the French, I mean, at least that's 10 o'clock. Yeah. 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 And that makes it and that makes a difference because a lot of people do surreptitiously watch cycling at work. Yeah. And a big shout out to all of anyone who's well, listening who surreptitiously yeah. watches cycling at work. It's quite oh. hard, even for the most dedicated, sneaky person to watch cycling at work at nine o'clock in the morning. Mm hmm. Because yeah. it's nine o'clock, you know, the first thing you're doing is you're checking your emails, you've just got into work, you're checking your emails, you're seeing what's gone horribly wrong, what you need to, you know, what you need to do yeah. straight away. How many you meetings can't... you can get out of so that you can watch cycling for the rest of the day, stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And then, you know, maybe by the time, you know, maybe by the time it gets to 10.30 or the race is, fin you know, or it's 11 o'clock, yeah. 
you know you can you can it's it's a lot easier you know obviously it's a lot easier to watch it the later on in the day it turns on it, it turns out but yeah the viewing figures were pretty poor but they were also pretty poor because the aso were put, kept putting out graphics of who of where you could watch it and they didn't include itv wow okay so that's that's really shit like that's yeah that's a failure of race promotion 101 yeah and and it's and it's just it's just really frustrating because you know of course they the of course itv cycling has to justify to itv why mm. they should show this and yeah yeah I, I, you know and it was we we weren't oh here's some more gossip so yep. um at the journalists who were covering the uh the the the, the thing the chase we're watching from the Marseille. We're watching from the velodrome in Marseille. Now, yep. this velodrome it's, it's the it's the football ground for the Marseille football team. It's an enormous football ground which yeah, has an so absolutely stonking, um, stonking seats. Like eighty thousand or something, doesn't it? Yeah. Now yeah, they reckon there are, they reckon there are about fifteen thousand people in the stadium, but when you look at it as the riders are coming in, it looks really really sparsely attended and that's because when you fit when you spread fifteen thousand people around a stadium that seats seventy five thousand, yeah you get a lot of empty seats but they also said but because the tickets were given out to people for free what people reckon happened is that people went well should we go to the stadium now let's go to the climb right right now people who did that it turned out had the right idea because while the women were racing on the road, what they were being shown on the big screen in the stadium was what was happening in the stadium. Oh, holy shit! So Richard Moore, the um, who runs the, who does the telegraph telegraph cycling yep. for example, was saying, "I'm literally sitting here watching a video on the screen of something I can see in front of me—a trick unicyclist." Now, oh my this god. Means, this means that the journalists who are covering it who've been told, you know, go go to the stadium because then you can interview yeah, yeah, afterwards, you can see what's happening, are basically having to rely on Twitter to find out what's going on in the race. Now <sighs> Yeah, which can be a jarring thing if you're not a seasoned women's cycling fan. It's, yeah. Uh... And, now, I think there are some positives from the whole of course experience. And I said this, I was on uh-huh. the, I was on the lovely Velocast cycling podcast. You talk about yeah, so I apologize if, you, if you're Velocast listeners and you've heard this already, they're awesome and, and they're, they're great. Um, I was saying there is some positive about this and that is a lot of the journalists who don't normally cover women's cycling were trying to cover it and got mm. really, really, really pissed off about it. So um, the, 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 uh, the, the, ITV Cycling's um, two anchors for the, for, the, for the tour are Gary Imlach and Chris Boardman. And Chris Boardman was making it very, very, very clear that he was really not happy with this and he thought it was a you know a, a, a bad event. But above all, he thought it was disrespectful to the women to, yeah. to treat them like this. And there are a lot of journalists who probably... They're not their ballywick isn't women's cycling, right? They probably oh yeah, you know we yeah, yeah. complaining about not being paid enough and whatever, whatever. You know they're probably not very good riders anyway. Um, I'm you know I'm not saying that's about anyone individually. I'm just saying you know it's not what they do day in day out. Yeah, yeah. And they saw this stuff and they were really really unimpressed. And that's a yep. useful thing to know because I have not seen anyone go oh wow that was a really positive event you know hurrah for that yeah because. Yeah. At every level, there were problems. Yep. 
And and you're right, it is a really valid pressure point for um, the UCI and ASO because this is the thing is... I mean, hell, as we know, this event wouldn't exist without pressure from outside interest groups anyway, i.e. the fans. Um, so thanks to all of us. But also that the, these organisations are sensitive to um, concentrated criticism. And if they're getting it from... Um, the people that they literally need to rely on to make their product saleable, i.e. the journalists who write about it, then, you know, that is a really, really important point of, of pressure. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's also, it's just, it's just you know, the journal, you, you, covering the tour is difficult, right? Um, yeah. And it's difficult because actually, if you're a journalist, you're probably, you know, the, the, uh, Will Fotheringham had a piece about it in The Guardian this week because he's going to he's not going to be doing the daily reports next, you know, fr- fr- from next year. Next he's year. giving up. Yeah. He's giving up doing that. But he's saying that, you know, the, the press room is often miles away from the from 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 the race. And people at home are getting much more you know, the whole, with the whole thing from start to finish. People at home probably have a better idea of what's going on. So you're also having to rely on, you know, yeah. watching the race on your lap, on your iPad or something. So it's it's complicated anyway but this was made Mm. more complicated like this wasn't presented as let's try an experimental thing let's go all out to make it look really exciting and make it work this was just yeah well it was it was the aso putting in the half ass that we've come to expect from well Um, uh, and, and as and as as um as uh saul miguel said while we're talking about this uh, about what we want, you know, how we could improve La Course. Remember, the ASO also runs Liege Bastogne Liege and Dan's favourite race, Flesh Wallon. Flesh Wallon, exactly. Which, you know, we should be asking that there's so much more that they could be doing about their existing races, and maybe we should be asking them to sort out those existing races before we, before going on and doing anything else. Yeah, well, before they try and perfect fucking the chase, I, I would love for them to turn on the finishing cameras at fucking Flesh Wallon, for sure. <laughs> I mean, they're right there. Just turn them the fuck on. <sighs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But this is this is where so much frustration comes from, is because, um, you know, and and I do think it's a really valid point that the the journalists who cover the tour regularly do get an eyeful of the stark disparity in way that in the way that the men and women are treated so differently. And when you've become like as you say, it's a complicated job as it is. So then to be confronted with the reality of how much harder that job is when you're not even getting the basic level of information that you're used to, um, is an important point. And you know, as uncomfortable and difficult as it is, and as much as I don't enjoy, and trust me, even though I'm good at it, I don't enjoy sounding like I'm fucking complaining every week about something. But I think it is important to acknowledge the stark truth, which is that this could have been done a lot better than it was done. Yeah, yeah. And there are, as you say, other races controlled by this race organiser who is arguably, allegedly, the best race organiser in the world because they put on the biggest and best race of the year in the world every year, they can do better. Yeah. I I see no problem with pointing that out and no problem with insisting that they do do better. And that's where we can do something about this. If you want the ASO to do better, send them an email, you know? Send them an email and say... um, we, you know, we we and say we want, you know, we want we want more. We want we want to see Liege Bastogne Liege live. We want to see Flesh Wallon live. We appreciate that they're, you know, we we love the Isward course, but we want to see we want to see more of it. We want more chances of it. I think, as I always say this, um, as I always say in this um, sort of thing, 
phrase it positively. We loved yeah. the opportunity to see the women's. Um, the, the, we loved the opportunity to see the women in the mountains. We want to see more. Yeah, like we we yeah. we love the fact that you're that you're that you're trying to do something different. But please, how about you do your experimental formulas at Dauphiné, at um, Paris Nice, etc., etc. You know, you can you can you can do it like that. Yeah, it's it's um. It's yeah. it's that that's that's the way to kind of talk about it because you know they, they you have to go in there with a bit of a with a bit of a positivity you know with I really really love this yeah. and we want more it's much more attractive well, than just yelling is... at them so exactly and it is it is, and and this is the thing is you you know it's it's deserved balance as well I mean I really did genuinely fucking love the the Isawad climb and the that race it was a really good race and it was in, intense and. And yeah, I just wanted more of it. And like I say, I am even open to the idea of the chase once they get it worked out, because I do think it provides opportunity for something a bit different. But I, you know, as we've just discussed for the last 40 minutes or so, think that there's a whole bunch of things that need to be sorted out before that format is anywhere near, um, you know, ready for for this level of of exposure. Now, I don't know. Ex- and, I don't know exactly yeah. where to send, but you can send things to the press office. Is always a good place to start, and you can do that at cyclingpress at aso dot fr. So cool. that's 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 one place that you can send your email to. Um, you can tweet. They're not very. They're they're particularly bad at actually. Con- actually getting uh, at, uh, twitter. at twitter so normally i'd say tweet them but you know it's it might be best to it might be best to to, to kind of do it that way there's various other um le tour de france uh tour de france e- emails that you can co- that you can contact so there's a link if you basically go to aso dot uh, if you go to the look the look course website at the bottom it's got like a contact it's got a contact page that you can um get you know get into and that that'll tell you you, that that will give you the email address. So, just right, if you yeah. want to do a good deed for the week, just take five minutes this week. Just send them a polite email saying this is great. Here's some of our. Here's some of the issues. Here's some solutions. Loving kisses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> always, always with the loving kisses. Yeah. That's important. So, absolutely. Um. Oh, okay. Look at that. That's interesting. What? All right, um, I found a page of email addresses on the ASO's website related to cycling. Yeah. So we might slip a link to that into the post on our website. com. Indeed, and um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see if we can get your point in the um, right direction. Live cycling has not stopped. We've got a couple of really big races coming up this week. On Saturday, it's the Prudential Ride London GP, which is a short race, but you know they, it's a sprinters race basically. And I actually, you know, I think it's right to, that we have sprinters races too. Then Vigorda, um, it's the uh, TTT is on the 11th, so Prudential Ride London is on the 29th of July. Uh, Vigorda is on the 13th of, of August and they'll have, um, I think it's three hours live racing of Vigorda, which is amazing. Uh, always a really fun race. It's got some gravel sections. From the 17th to the 20th yep. of August, we've got the Ladies Tour of Norway, which is just stunning. We talked about this a little bit last year. Yeah. That's live every day. 
On the 26th, Ooh. the GP of Deploie is reliably live, and that is just such a stunning race to watch. So we've got quite a lot of... So if you're thinking, oh, God, I've, oh, I wish we saw more wins racing, these are some real positive <laughs> things to watch. We've got tons of it, and it's yeah. it's going to be great. We've also got this... And of course... Sorry. Carry on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and you know, it doesn't slow down. Like, August leading into September, we've got so much going on it's just well really next cool. week we've also got the european road cycling championships in herning in from the 2nd to the 6th of august now this is one of the top places to watch juniors and it's completely equal mm. prize money between the women and the men Amazing. and that's and that's right Amazing. down to the juniors so you know that's that's yeah. really i mean the prize the prize money for winning the road race is six thousand euros that's not nothing you know but for the juniors, it's and the, for the juniors, it's seven hundred euros. But seven hundred euros for winning a race as a junior is pretty bloody good. So you know, I'm, and and the fact that Europeans, I mean, God, Europe, obviously we love you. Obviously we love um, Scandinavia. So euros in Scandinavia mm. is always going to be a positivity. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and also sets a great scene for the end of September with Worlds in uh, in. Oh, Bergen, so much so. good racing to come. Oh. So yes, yeah, so don't. So yeah, we talked a lot about Do we not talked despair. a lot about the Lacoste chase, to... but I hope I hope you found it interesting because I think it's important sometimes to dig into what's going on in some of these things. So yeah, and look honestly, this is the kind of stuff that we should talk about more because particularly with new formats and stuff, you know, um, heck, there's someone out there who's got the perfect solution to this or whatever. If you do want to um, give us a, a, your idea or your take on the way the race went, feel free to comment on the website or you can speak to Sarah on Twitter at PWCycling. Yeah. I am at Dan W. Official. Yeah, and you can go to our site, prowomenscycling.com, where I'll probably might write up some of this stuff into a into a kind of thing um go to our site this week tomorrow i'll put up how to watch prudential i'll put up how to watch europe it'll all be good um thank you so much for listening i really really appreciate you all cool thank you bye bye